Welcome to the Kid Zone Check It Out podcast. This month, we're reviewing some of our favorite Native American Heritage Month stories written for children. Hi, reader friends. It's Miss Molly at the Orem Library. We are so glad you're here celebrating Native American Heritage Month with us. The library is a great place to find resources to learn about Indigenous people both in history and in modern contexts. A book I read and enjoyed recently does both. It's called In the Footsteps of Crazy Horse and is found in the junior fiction section at Orem Library, which appeals to readers around 8 to 12 years old. The author is Joseph Marshall of the Sichangu Lakota tribe. In this book, our main character, Jimmy McLean, is having trouble at school. He is teased by classmates because of his mixed heritage, Lakota and Scottish, and doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere. When Jimmy's grandfather, Niles High Eagle, hears of his troubles, he proposes a special grandfather-grandson trip. But this isn't just any old vacation. Grandpa Niles is specifically routing their journey to sites that were significant in the life of someone he thinks Jimmy can relate with and learn from. And that someone is Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse was a Lakota leader and warrior born over 100 years ago in the 1800s, but Jimmy's grandpa is a gifted storyteller and is able to help Jimmy revisit Crazy Horse's story on a deeply personal level. They stand on ridges in the Black Hills where they know Crazy Horse stood. They retrace his path to the sand hills of Nebraska, to Fort Laramie, and through each turn of the intense battles of Little Bighorn. The book alternates between chapters in Jimmy's point of view and an imagined point of view of Crazy Horse himself. So you see both historical events and modern perspective. I loved hearing Grandpa Niles' commentary on the battles. And I felt like I was simultaneously learning about history in an educational, but also very immersive way. And also like I was on a meaningful road trip with this family. I've been to South Dakota before, and this book captures all the character and interest of those landscapes with the plains and hilly areas, so this was very atmospheric, while also engaging readers in real, action-filled, nail-biting stories of a historical figure they may not know much about. The book is a quick read of a novel at just over 140 pages, and the text is fairly large too, so the pages fly by quickly. The chapter headings all have wonderful artwork too, done by Jim Yellowhawk that really sets the stage for each chapter. If you're looking for other great junior fiction by Native American authors, there are many others to look into. I love books by Christine Day. Her book, I Can Make This Promise, is about a girl finding connection with her heritage as she works on a film project with her friends. David David Robertson also has a great book called Barren Grounds, which is a mixture of fantasy and Cree storytelling. You can find these and other awesome books at Orem Library, and be sure to browse our Native American Heritage Month displays. Hope to see you soon, and happy reading! This is Mary from the library. As I was reading books for Native American Heritage Month, Miss Molly introduced me to the book Be a Doya, a Go Shoot Indian legend. 
This book is extra special because it was created by kids and teachers at Ibepa Elementary School here in Utah. Published back in 2000, the kids worked with professional artists to create amazing illustrations for this retelling of a ghost shoot creation legend. The legend tells the story of a trickster coyote who cheats a mother hawk out of her breakfast, a small mouse. The mother hawk tries to steal the mouse back from the coyote by swooping down with her sharp talons. But instead of getting the mouse back, her powerful talons carve a mountain out of the landscape. This creation legend is about Ibepa Peak, also known as Piatoya, which stands 12,087 feet high. This book is such a treasure. I was so impressed by the creativity and skill shown in each illustration, and I loved seeing the kids' signatures on each piece of art. Living in Utah, I also appreciated the opportunity to learn about a local Native American legend. I even added Ibe Papik to my travel bucket list. The story is short and simple, so I would recommend this book to anyone, especially for families to read aloud together. For similar books, check out Trickster, Native American Tales, edited by Matt Dembicki, and The Girl Who'd Married the Moon, Tales from Native North America by Joseph Bruchak and Gail Ross. Hello, hello! It's Tony from the Orem Library. I didn't always live in Orem. When I was a little girl, I lived in the Pacific Northwest in a state called Washington. Native Americans have lived in that area for hundreds of years, and some of them would visit our schools every year to tell their stories and teach us about their culture. My favorite Native American story was always the one about Raven, a naughty bird who tricked the gods and put the sun in the sky so that all the people could enjoy sunlight. Gerald McDermott wrote this story down in a book called Raven, and he painted some beautiful pictures with traditional totem pole artwork. The muted colors remind me of the soft rainy days in Washington. This story will surprise you, make you laugh, and teach you about the mythical figure of Raven, who was important to Native Americans all up and down the Pacific Northwest coast. If you enjoy myths and folk tales, and especially stories about tricksters, I recommend you read Raven, told and illustrated by Gerald McDermott. You can find it in our picture book folktale section, and it is perfect for children ages 5 through 8. Hello, this is Whitney the Children's Associate Librarian at the Orem Public Library. Today, we're talking about books featuring Native American characters by Native American authors. I wanted to highlight a more recent release in our intermediate collection called Jojo McCoon's The Used to Be Best Friend by Dawn Quigley. Our main character is Jojo, short for Josephine, McCoon Azure, who lives on the fictional Pembina Ojibwe Reservation. She lives with her mom, her Kokum, or her grandma, and her number one best friend Mimi, who is her cat. Jojo has a lot on her plate in this book, what with worrying about Mimi, her cat getting shots, having trouble in her language art class, trying to win an art contest for the school yearbook, and wondering if her best friend Fern is still her best friend. Being a seven-year-old can be tricky. Will Jojo be able to handle all of the challenges thrown her way? You'll have to read it and find out. Our author, Don Quigley, is a citizen of the Turtle Mountain Band of the Ojibwe tribe and uses her background and heritage to infuse this book 
with Ojibwe culture and language. She includes many words in the Mishif language, which our character Jojo explains as a mix of Cree, French, and Ojibwe words. While Jojo lives in a fictional reservation, quickly mentioned she has chosen aspects of other reservations to make the setting feel authentic to reservation life. Jojo is also a very relatable seven-year-old. Her often unique perspective on situations can make for some really funny moments throughout the book. The emotional ups and downs that Jojo experiences also feels true to how a seven-year-old understands the world. I found this book highly enjoyable and a fairly quick read for a chapter book, with around 60 pages and a smattering of illustrations throughout. This would be a great book for children who are phasing out of leveled readers and like realistic fiction. Hi, it's Miss Rita at the Orem Library. Water is found in all living things. I love the ocean. I like to put on a mask and snorkel and swim through ocean bays to see underwater life. I've seen colorful fish, rays, crabs, sharks, eels, and even sea turtles. I also love the rain. I've lived in rainy places like Missouri and Washington State. I now live in a desert valley in Utah, which is the second driest state in the United States. But water is very important here. Much of our water comes from mountain snow. No matter where we live on Earth, we are all water protectors. We Are Water Protectors is a picture book written by Carol Lindstrom and illustrated by Michaela Goad. This book follows a young indigenous girl's discovery of the importance of water in all things to herself, her people, birds, bugs, animals, plants, trees, the land, and the whole earth. We come from water and it is sacred. But a prophecy tells of a black snake that threatens the land and water for all. This snake represents the oil pipelines that cross many tribal lands and waterways. Pipelines eventually leak, the oil is toxic, and it damages plants, animals, and water. The girl knows that she must stand up to the snake and fight. Fight for herself, her people, birds, bugs, animals, plants, trees, the land, and the whole earth because we are all related. The colorful yet gentle illustrations reflect the diversity of our earth and the unity of the indigenous nations shown at the end of the story. At the back of the book, caregivers and adult readers can learn more about water protectors and indigenous words used by the author and illustrator. Can you say, Mini Wichoni? Say it with me. Mini Wichoni. This means water is life. We can all be water protectors. Children and adults can pledge to be water protectors at the end of the book. The pledge ends with, I pledge to make this world a better place by being a steward of the earth and a protector of the water. We Are Water Protectors is recommended for children in grades K through 3. It received the 2021 Caldecott Award and won the 2018 American Indian Youth Literature Best Picture Book Award. Check it out at your local library.
Thanks for joining us. Check out our favorite titles at your local library. See you next month for more reviews.